Welcome to Concord Matters, a show seeking for Concord, agreement in Christian confession. Concord mattered to Jesus and Paul, and so it does to us also. Spend these next 60 minutes as we talk matters of Concord. Concord Matters, a program produced by the Christ-centered leader in confessional broadcasting. Worldwide KFUO, online at kfuo.org. And welcome to Concord Matters, the show where we seek to be of one mind that is the mind of Christ. And to do that today, we have our full assortment of a cohort of Christ-confessing Concordians, layman Peter Slayton, who's shaking his head at me because I didn't have a C word in there. That's okay. Assortment doesn't start with a C. Compliment. The brain is working slow, just had pizza and cake and things. Cake should speed it up. You'd think. (laughs) But we also have on the show, more than just layman Slayton, we also have Pastor Merritt Dembski, Pastor Peter Ill, and I am Pastor Sean Smith. And it is great to be here with you as we continue to make our way through the Apology of the Augsburg Confession, where we realize that what the Lutherans say about Scripture really is good. It's right. It's true. And we're going to defend that. That's what apology means. Um, Not that it needs defense. It is God's word. It stands on its own. Uh, But uh, the defense is simply, yes, this is really what we believe. And last time we started um, that that article, um, help me out here, Peter. I have a little book of Article 24, thank you. I have my little book of Concord Uh, today, (laughs) and it's hard to see and and look at. The version. I I didn't bring my good book of Concord, so... We are on Article 24 in the book of Concord, um, on the uh, the Mass uh, or the Divine Service. But especially today, I think we get to pick up and talk about the... Uh, Roman Catholic idea and the idea of the opponents of the sacrifice of the Mass. Absolutely. Yeah, we we set up last time, and that's where I was going. So thanks for the assist and telling us where we're at. You got Um, it. But, uh, yeah, last time we we set up, and there's this little brief bit, and and it's maybe even a little heavier in the Augsburg Confession itself, about the ceremonies that are included with the celebration of the Mass. And we talked about all that, so go back and listen in the archives. Mm. Uh, But now we're going to kind of get into these abuses of the Mass um, that, that... um, we're going on in the Roman Church, and one of the chief ones is with regards to the sacrifice of the Mass. What do we mean by that? What's going on there? And so we're going to really dig into that. Uh, Pastor L. I do think it's really important, though, that as we start talking, this term Mass comes from the Latin word for meal. And so we are talking about the church service that includes the Lord's Supper, usually called the divine service. Uh and so in case you're hearing this and you're thinking, wait a minute, I thought this was the, the Lutheran radio station. Well, well, it is. Uh, but we, in the 15th and 16th century, used the term mass or meal to talk about the divine service where the Lord's Supper is uh, given and received by Christians. Although I didn't push back on this last week, and I should have brought this up, though. There is actually, so if you're taking what Pastor Ill just said about where the word mass comes from, and you do a Google search, you'll actually find other ideas out there where the term mass comes from. Some count, say it comes from another word, missa, which comes as more of a part of the Latin 
Latin at the end of the service of the Mass uh, and has to do with the dismissal. Um, and so kind of mission is tied the in here as well. Eat the est. Yeah. And so th- there's kind of this, uh, the, there, there's several ideas out there and there's disagreement on where the term mass comes from. We didn't spend a lot of time on that and I don't want to today either just because, again, it is kind of disagreement and, and I think there's good scholarship and if you're interested in that sort of thing, you can maybe do a doctoral dissertation or something if you really feel like it and motivated to and maybe we'll have you on as a guest on the show um, if you do that. I'm but, just going to look it up on Wikipedia. Yeah. I mean, Dr. Wikipedia, Dr. Google, these things are really <laughs> helpful for us in this. But I, I just wanted to throw that out there because there is some disagreement as, as to where that comes from. Indeed. Uh, that mass. Uh, as term, in terms of shorthand, when we say mass, we mean the church service that includes the Lord's Supper. And there are times and places where uh, sometimes Lutherans will use this term. Uh, sometimes Lutherans are really afraid of using this term to not look like Roman Catholics. Uh, I think that today we're going to use this term because it is the term that's used in the Book of Concord. And so we're going to follow that. But every time you hear Mass, think about church service with the Lord's Supper. So like if someone had a question or something, can they call in or communicate with us? I can't remember. Well... You're on the show enough, you could just say it yourself instead of phrasing it as a question like that. But yes, they can call in, which is a totally cool thing to do because you can interact with us live, right? And so you can call 1-8-Heaven... One eight heaven. <laughs> one eight heaven. And this is why Our I didn't show. try to do it. Also, the phone number is behind Merritt, so he can't really look at it and say it at the same time. And I'm not the host, so I was like, I'll just do a light one eight hundred seven three zero two seven two seven. We covered the saints. That's when two you call one eight heaven. All right, but uh, no two seven two seven one eight hundred seven three zero two seven two seven. You can email us at kfuo at kfuoradio dot com. Um, find us on social media at KFUO Radio. Did I get the email wrong? I, I can't it's read that far org. away. I, yeah. Uh, KFUO at KFUO.org. That's what it is. And uh, and all your social media channels are Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at KFUO Radio. Yeah. So now we got all that out of the way. All right. Yeah, that's a totally cool way to interact with us. Not cool is looking up like one of our phone numbers and texting us later. That would not be a cool way. <laughs> To interact it's with a us, little 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 stalker. I'm just saying, yeah. I mean, all of us are volunteers on this show. You know, my congregation texts yeah. me on the radio all the time. They think well, it's if fun. they had that's it okay. already, that's, oh, that's one totally thing. different. Oh, thing. okay. I have Facebook friends who will Facebook message me during the mess the program yeah. too. That's also the, fun. these are these are okay channels in which to communicate with us. Um, so so and please if, and if feel you're free my to mom, do so. Then you can totally call me too because I know you listen. So yeah, she can. Yeah. Can we now say hi, mom? Hi, Mom. Okay. Can we talk about the Book of the Mass now? Yeah. The yes. Have we have we got enough silliness out of the way for the rest of the show? Oh, okay. Okay. So always no, right. but let's move ahead anyways. All right. But yeah, picking up uh, totally awkwardly now back to to the thing. Uh, so we did talk about Pastor Ill. You're right. Right. Uh, when we're using the term Mass, uh, it's it's a order of service with Holy Communion. Right. Um, although I will also say it can also be used specifically in terms of just the right of the service of of Holy Communion itself, kind of that that specific right. So when we're using it today, we're going to be 
actually more focused on that kind of finer point of actually the the meal, uh, the Lord's Supper itself, and uh, and especially when it comes to the sacrifice. And so we're going to go ahead and dig into that, and we are picking up an apology. Aug- Apology of the Augsburg Confession, Article 24 of the Mass, and I'm going to start reading at paragraph 9. The adversaries compile many references on this topic to prove that the Mass is a sacrifice. Here talking about that, that meal itself, the Lord's Supper. Yet this great war of words will be quieted when the single reply is put forward that this line of authorities, reasons, and references, however long, does not prove that the Mass bestows grace by the outward act, ex opere operato, as we have talked about, that's the Latin for that outward act, or that when applied on behalf of others, it merits the forgiveness of venial and mortal sins of guilt and punishment for them. This one reply overthrows all objections of the adversaries, not only in this confutation, that confutation being the response of the Roman Catholics to the Augsburg Confession presented by the Lutherans, but in all writings about the Mass that they have published. This is the issue our readers are to be reminded about. Asinis reminded the judges that just as boxers struggle with one another for their position, so they should labor with their adversaries about the disputed point and not permit him to wander beyond the discussion. In the same way, our adversaries should be compelled to speak on the subject as presented. When the disputed point has been thoroughly understood, a decision about the arguments on both sides will be very easy. We showed in our confession our belief that the Lord's Supper does not give grace by the outward act, ex opere operato, and that when applied on behalf of others, alive or dead, it does not permit or does not merit for them the forgiveness of sins, guilt, or punishment by the outward act. This position is supported by a clear and firm proof. It is impossible to receive the forgiveness of our sins because of our own work by the outward act. The terrors of sin and death must be overcome through faith when we comfort our hearts with the knowledge of Christ and believe that for his sake we are forgiven and his merits and righteousness are granted to us. Since we have been justified by faith, we have peace, as it says in Romans 5.1. These things are so sure and so firm that they can stand against all the gates of hell, cited here as Matthew sixteen eighteen. If we are to say only as much as is necessary, the main point has already been stated. No sane person can accept the Pharisaic and pagan opinion about the outward act, opus operatum. Yet this opinion still exists among the people and has increased countlessly the number of masses. For masses are purchased to reconcile God's anger, And by this work, they want to receive the forgiveness of guilt and of punishment. They want to obtain whatever is necessary in every kind of life. They even want to free the dead. Monks and philosophers have taught this Pharisaic opinion in the church. Although our main point has already been stated because the adversaries foolishly pervert many scripture passages to defend their errors, we will add a few things on this topic. In the confutation, they said many things about sacrifice although we purposely avoided this term in our confession because of its ambiguity. We have presented what those persons, whose abuses we now condemn, understand by sacrifice. To explain the scripture passages that have been wickedly perverted, we must first present what a sacrifice is. For ten years, the adversaries have published many volumes about sacrifice, and yet not one of them so far has defined sacrifice, They only grab the word sacrifices, either from the scriptures or the fathers. Afterward, they add their own thoughts, as though a sacrifice means whatever they please. 
All right, so I think that's a good stopping place. And then basically they're setting up the point, all right, this is this is really an abuse that we need to dig into, and we're going to take you back to the basics and describe what a sacrifice is, and they're going to launch into that section. We'll begin reading there uh, here in a moment. But but anything to, to reflect on on what we just read there, guys? I think there's a really important paragraph where it says we're really going to focus in on the point, and we're going to set parameters in our discussion for what we're talking about. They refer to uh, Ascanese, I believe, who is a 4th century B.C. Um, orator and statesman, Uh, in Greece. And his whole point was, after you have figured out what the conversation's about, no rabbit trails. Stay on stay on point and have the conversation. And when you do that, things get really easy. And for the Lutherans, they say, okay, we're going to talk about is the sacrament a gift that we receive or is it a sacrifice or a gift that we give? What's the direction of the Lord's Supper? And as soon as we have that ironed out, this conversation is going to go really, really easily. Except that it's still not ironed out today, ironically, right? Uh, but uh, yeah, this is the point and, and exactly. the very thing that we uh, we were stating last time, too, of you got to get the direction right. And we talked about even still today, even in those who don't claim connection with Roman Catholicism, that misunderstanding of the direction of worship, uh, of the divine service, of what we do when we gather together is still not, you know, understood well. And so we always got to go back to scripture and go back to uh, a, a right understanding of that. And then once we get from there, and it's like, well, then it's pretty easy. Lamely. Well, I was one, one of the things that we can learn from this, and we've talked about this a little bit before on the show, is how to have a discussion or an argument in this case, um, presenting the different sides. And this this is something that re- perhaps part of the reason the tension still remains and this is unresolved is because we still struggle as humans to properly define things and then stick to the task of let's actually discuss that thing. Because my own human tendency is if as I'm following along with those rules of argumentation and I realize... Uh, if we follow this trail of logic to the end, I'm going to be wrong. Well, I'm going to throw out a rabbit trail because <laughs> I don't want to be wrong. Uh, and it's just really difficult. And that's what we see. The The reminder here as they're going through is like, look, we let's properly define things. Let's not have rabbit trails. Let's just have this discussion and let it play itself out. And my own sinful nature, if I'm going to be wrong, doesn't like to allow that process because, frankly, I don't want to be wrong. And that's really the most important thing for me. And we've talked about especially for the Church of Rome why this is this is such an issue that they don't want to be wrong and it, and it's just tied up to that age-old thing. It it's honest that it's all about the money, right? Yeah, or power. I, yeah, I mean, influence. we Yeah, we talked about last time we read about how one of the major issues with this is the paying for the saying of masses and that was referenced in what we just read again here today as well and all these masses are being said and it's to spring even those who are dead and and essentially what you're saying is you're denying scripture that Christ in his sacrifice his perfect sa- sacrifice once for all as as we're told in Hebrews um isn't good enough and then even more you're using it for money gain opportunity and then you have all these rabbit trails to show that you're right and you're making things up and you're using words and redefining them however you want and and none of it's really faithful and it's actually leading people away from Christ meanwhile done underneath the name of the church anything else to add guys all right now, no, now I think we're, we're good. silent all right. <laughs>
Shall we dig in more then to the actual, um, what is a sacrifice, the <clears throat> kinds of sacrifice? And here, uh, Pastor o, you mentioned, you know, this is kind of the way, you know, um, you know, you're taught to, to engage the issue and, and to define your words and so forth. They're going to, they're going to throw some of this again in here with Plato. And I kind of like what they're doing here. The, the, it was pretty famous on social media here, uh, not too long ago, but during the Judge Kavanaugh hearings and so forth, one of the Nebraska senators, Ben Sass, um, kind of, you know, took the panel and he said, let's get back to the basics and this is how it's supposed to work, right? And, and, and that's basically what the Lutherans do here. It reminded me kind of, you know, that, uh, that political thing that, uh, we saw recently play out, but as essentially what the Lutherans do here is let's get back to the basics and see, all right, this is how we have a discussion. Let's define our words and, and we're going to lay it all out very simply uh, so that hopefully we'll have a pretty quick conversation after this of, right, okay, now we have it. Um, and so we're going to dig into that. Picking up paragraph 16, this has the title, What is a Sacrifice and the Kinds of Sacrifice? In Phaedrus of Plato, Socrates says that he is especially fond of distinctions, because without these, nothing in speech can either be explained or understood. I give a hearty amen to that. <laughs> if he discovers anyone skillful in making distinctions, he says that he pays attention and follows his footsteps as those of a god. Small g there. And in parentheses, he instructs the one to separate the parts of speech in their very joints. So like an inept cook, he breaks some part of speech to pieces. But the adversaries truly hate these basic rules and, according to Plato, are truly poor butchers. For they break, there's some name calling in here too, but like educated name calling at least. For they break the parts of sacrifice. This can be understood when we have listed the kinds of sacrifice. Theologians are rightly familiar with distinguishing between a sacrament and a sacrifice. Therefore, let them be subdivided into either a ceremony or a sacred work. A sacrament is a ceremony or work in which God presents to us what the promise of the ceremony offers. Baptism is not a work that we offer to God. It is a work in which God baptizes us. In other words, a minister baptizes us on God's behalf. God here offers and presents the forgiveness of sins and so forth. According to the promise, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Mark sixteen sixteen. A sacrifice, on the contrary, is a ceremony or work that we give to God in order to provide him honor. Furthermore, there are two kinds of sacrifice and no, you know what, I'm going to stop there. Let's, let's, let's dig into what we've laid out there. All right. I think we have a pretty basic, uh, set up there and I like this move here with baptism at the end, but go ahead and pa jump in Pastor Dembski. <laughs> this is getting back to me for that, that throw ball at the beginning. <laughs> okay. Um, so what would you like to know? <laughs> Comment on how, how, how can I, you on the panel of the show. How can I help you? Just help <laughs> teach. Uh, I'm going to so, go ahead no, and jump in. Okay. I think that a part of Save this Pastor that is Demke. really good uh, is this idea of a sacrament is a ceremony that conveys the promises of God. And so here we have in baptism... The promises of God given with water and God's word. In the Lord's Supper, we have the promises of God given with bread and wine that Jesus says is his body and blood. It is God who baptizes through the pastor. It is God who provides the Lord's Supper through the office of the Holy Ministry and the pastor who's there in your local congregation. And all in all, this is a direction from God to us. And so in this paragraph or paragraphs so far, we haven't actually started talking about sacrifices. We're talking about sacraments, those gifts of God that are given to his church. 
Well, and it, I was just going to say, it's nice to have the 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 fact that we are digging into the vocabulary because as you amend and as we have emphasized just that that defining what we are talking about uh i know years ago i would have said this is being too nitpicky it's being too particular and one of the like you're causing division by trying to have all this discussion it's like no we're trying to get to the bottom of what this actually means so if baptism is this thing you do have you ever done it well enough? Have you ever done it good enough? Have you? And it all of a sudden comes back on you. If this is this gift of God that he has washed you clean with his word, then praise be to God. And we can have peace and comfort because God doesn't do things wrong. <laughs> you know, like he doesn't do it uh, half-heartedly or something. When you're baptized, you're baptized. It is a sacrament. It is his word and his promise. It is a gift. So having this this beginning of a distinction between sacrament and sacrifice is much as it's like, well, they're both S words. It must not be that big of a difference. Like you got a huge difference here. <laughs> well, and it's, it, it demonstrates the, the value, but it's saying at the same time, the tediousness of this process, because the value is in clarifying what we're actually talking about. So we can actually have that conversation. So there can actually be understanding of what this is, but the process of going through that, even for us as we're reading through this, and you know anybody reading this is like, uh, how many times have we said, okay, we're saying the same thing again, this is getting tedious, but it's important because once again, in this article, what's happening is the focus is being taken off of Christ and put on ourselves. It's that simple in, in, this, in this small sideway for the sake of power, for the sake of influence, for the sake of money, the focus is being taken off of Christ and put on, well, us in, in many and various ways. So it's tedious, but it's also important to actually have the distinctions. Which makes these kind of conversations so difficult when we are in a time of impatience. Not that people have always been patient. I mean, we're always encouraged to patience. But when everything... well, I'm always very patient in long, drawn-out theological discussions. <laughs> yeah, I never get impatient in those ever. <laughs> well, and and but but that patience in that uh, in that discussion is just so so difficult to cultivate amongst people. Like when you're when you're just trying to have a, a conversation with an individual, how do you go about it in such a way that you're faithful when everything else around us is uh, something shortened to thirty seconds, a minute, you know, and that if you don't get it through then, then you haven't gotten it through. How do you how do you engage in this and show the value of this when that's not how we're used to handling situations? Yeah. I wanna back up too. I I, I was patient to jump in, but Earlier, you guys were talking about but I'm the this, host, this so. helpful distinction <laughs> between sacrament and sacrifice. And and earlier, before before this section, the first section that I read, it talks about one of the reasons that they avoided using the word sacrifice in the confession itself was because of its ambiguity. It's not that it's not connected with it. Um, certainly, sacrifice is present with it but as cited in hebrews right um you know christ is the once for all sacrifice he is the sacrifice we should get to jesus right and we've made that point before um but then when we have this you know uh this misunderstanding of what sacrifice means i love this genius move because they they take them back to sacrament with 
at least the adversaries, the Roman Catholic Church in this sense, there's no disagreement on baptism being God's work. They, I mean, we couldn't make this move today with, say, like American evangelicalism or kind of the Reformed and so forth. They wouldn't necessarily agree with that uh, when it comes to baptism. But this is kind of the genius of the argument. It's like, okay, so let's understand the right use of sacrifice here um, by going to sacrament, uh, which you guys agree is a good distinction. And we agree on what a sacrament is, especially when it comes to baptism. So let's start there and then work our, our argument out from there. And so we'll see that flow forth here. But I just wanted to tie that in as kind of this is why I, I love the move. I always love the moves to baptism because we're Lutherans and it's baptism is great. But uh, but I think it's a genius move because it's like here we have common ground. Let's build from there. And uh, I just think it's a genius uh, kind of way to approach it here. Uh, we have to come to a break here in just a second. But before we do, a reminder that this is rally week here on KFUO Radio. And so uh, uh, definitely. Uh, it's a good thing to support this. As I said, we're all volunteers on this show. Uh, none of us are paid for this. Uh, but uh, we wouldn't be able to do this um, if there weren't wonderful folks who support uh, the work that KFUO does here. And so we're very thankful that we have the opportunity to come and teach the Lutheran Confession of Faith uh, from the Book of Concord and, of course, the Scriptures as well. And uh, for this, I, I want to share a listener email. Uh, this comes from Ron in St. Louis. And says, I've discovered your program, Concord Matters, sometime after its beginning, and I regret that I did not note it from its beginning. I'm aware that I can review archives and listen also on Saturday mornings, and I will. All that to say that this is to say that I have been seeking an in-depth study of on the Book of Concord, and your program fills the bill. God bless your day. Well, thank you very much, Ron, for that very kind note, and uh, it's certainly our pleasure to uh, to uh, have this show, and we're very glad that you tune in and listen to it. Um, if you're also interested in supporting the work that KFEO does here, um, you can partner with KFEO by calling 1-800-730-2727, that number I stumbled over earlier, uh, or you can call in St. Louis, as it appears you are in St. Louis, Ron, 314-821-0850, or you can text the letters KFUO to the number 41444 to make your gift today. And during Rally Week, for a gift of $100, uh, we would like to send you um, the Christmas album, Volume 1, from the St. Paul's Music Conservatory, which includes... 17 tracks of beautiful sacred advent and christmas music on this cd i'm holding the cd right here it's it's going out of the studio with someone um if you don't call in and give a gift and receive this wonderful gift i'm just going to take the cd myself um i suppose i should give a gift can you just decide that as the host that you get it if nobody else gets it i don't know (laughs) what if i answer the question that you pose to me next time can i have it I think it would no. be better if one of our listeners were yeah, able to. I, yeah, I think they that's should. Really yeah. I mean, just just make the gift to support a great show and a great uh, radio station that brings Christ to you anytime, anywhere, or however the saying goes. Around the world. Okay, something like that. I don't know what the tagline is. But uh, anyway, yes, this this is a wonderful thing to support. Um, and, that was uh, a host, Sean Smith. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, um, you can also give a gift of a more than $100. You can get two CDs with your gift of $150. And uh, day sponsors, you can get uh, CDs, T-shirts, sticky notebooks, all sorts of wonderful things. Just support the great work that's going on here. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Come right back for more Christ after this break.
This is the day which the Lord has made. For the lonely and homebound, for the grieving and dying, and for all those who are afflicted in body, mind, and spirit, especially for me. Join us for a live broadcast of Chapel at the LCMS International Center weekdays at 10 a.m. on KFUO. Hello, this is Dale Meyer, and I'm the host of Concordia Seminary's program, Word and Work, an Intersection. It airs weekly on Thursday afternoons at 2 o'clock Central Time, right here on KFUO. Together, we'll discover how the Word of God applies to daily life as we go about our various vocations. Be sure to tune in each week for an interesting discussion taking place at the intersection of Word and Work. Hi, I'm Pastor Mark Hawkinson, host of Moments of Assurance, inviting you to join us for a wonderful time of Christmas fellowship, food, and a tour of five Perry County, Missouri congregations. It's the KFUO Christmas Country Church Tour. That's Friday, December the 14th from noon until 930, leaving from the International Center. The tour includes Zion Lutheran in Longtown, Grace Lutheran in Uniontown, Concordia Lutheran, the Saxon Lutheran Memorial, which also includes the Log Cabin Village, Emmanuel and Trinity Lutheran in Altenburg as well. You'll also have the opportunity to tour the Lutheran Heritage Museum and the first Concordia Lutheran Seminary across the street. Dinner will be at Say Grace Catering in Altenburg. It'll be lots of fun along with the enjoyment of beautiful Christmas lights and decorations. Cost just $45 per person. Call me to register with your credit card, 314-996-1520, 314-996-1520. In 1896, in a garbage dump in the ancient town of Oxyrhynchus, near Cairo, two archaeologists made a most amazing discovery. Preserved for thousands of years were fragments from nearly every book from the Hebrew and Christian Bible. And on the back of one of the papyri, written in Greek with both lyrics and music notations, is thought to be the oldest known Christian hymn from around the 3rd century A.D. Translated, let the luminous stars not shine, let the wind and all the noisy rivers die down. And as we hymn the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let all the powers add, Amen, Amen. Empire, praise always and glory to God, the sole giver of good things. Amen, Amen. Engage with the Bible in the many surprising layers of this book of books. Brought to you by Museum of the Bible. And welcome back to Concord Matters, that show where we seek to be of one mind, the mind of Christ. We have our cohort of Christ confessing Concordians here today. That is Layman Peter Slayton, Pastor Mary Dembski, Pastor Peter Ill, and myself, Pastor Sean Smith. And we are continuing to make our way through the Apology of the Augsburg Confession, Article 24 of the Mass, which simply means the Lord's Supper, the rite of it, the whole divine service. Reminder that you can call into this show first to give a gift during Rally Week here to continue the great work that KFUO has going on. You can call in at 1-800-730-2727. You can email at KFUO, well, not at KFUO. You can email KFUO at KFUO.org. Um, you can also find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. At KFUO at Radio. At KFUO Radio. Got it. 
All right, got in all the information. A reminder that during Rally Week, with your various gifts, you get different gifts um, for your gifts. How many times can I use gifts? All right, different but we have years. CDs here, wonderful CDs from the St. Paul Music Conservatory. Great work that they're doing. I like their approach just in general. I know that this isn't what the show is about, but I, I like how they just basically have said... If you don't know about St. Paul's Music Conservatory, you can look in the archives. There was a coffee hour show on it a couple of days ago, and they had them on. But uh, basically, they said, stop complaining in the church, right? You know, we we never can get church organists. We can never get singers in our churches, right? So they said, stop complaining and just start teaching. And that's what they've done. They've set up in their church that they're just teaching the next generation of musicians for our church um, from, from who they have around. I think that's a great uh, mentality. And on that end, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to stop complaining about... About people that don't know about the Lutheran confession of the faith, which comes from scriptures, and we're just going to start teaching. So, with that beautiful segue, or, or continue teaching, right? Because you know, yeah. we've been teaching. Yeah, <laughs> almost beautiful segue. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> we do have this beautiful segue of this teaching about the the mass, the meal of the Lord's Supper, and one of the things that we were talking about before the break was uh, this use of the term language, and I believe we actually have a caller uh, we do. to visit with us a little bit. Uh, Dan from Toledo. Yeah, hi, thanks for taking my call. Thank you for uh, calling in. Yeah, I've been listening uh, via podcast for a while, and uh, it's good to, to listen live. Um, my question, uh, I guess it's, it's partly a commentary, but um, regarding the term ex opere operato, I know that the way it's used here in the confessions um, differs a little bit from the way that Catholic theologians will use it. And so, um, and so without some clarification, it can lead Catholics to hear this kind of um, criticism of ex opere operato to hear that um, uh, the Lutherans don't necessarily believe in the real presence, you know, when we get to when we get to communion, um, that it's really about me and Jesus having a private faith encounter when I receive, you know, the body and the blood. Um, so, just a little bit of clarification there, as far as you know, when Catholics hear this term, they're thinking. Um, <clears throat> No, it doesn't depend on the priest's worthiness to say Mass to make Jesus show up. Um, it's the fact that we're using the words and that we're we have the bread and wine and we and you know we we say the words of institution. Um, so I just wanted to just offer that as a little clarification because I I know in talking with um, with other Catholics um, they they hear this criticism from the Lutherans and they think oh the Lutherans don't believe in the real presence. Um, so that's just my commentary. And maybe you could yes. uh, talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Thank you very much. First of all, for listening, Dan, and for calling in and, uh, and, and offering that, that clarification. Yeah. There's kind of a multi-level thing going on here. Um, and, and it, it is helpful to kind of define out what we're talking about here. So in terms of ex opere operato and doing of the work, um, that, that, uh, uh, phrase that Pastorella loves to bring onto our show quite quite a bit. It shows up in the confessions a lot, especially the apology here. And so that kind of makes the point that it shows up in kind of different ways. And I, I don't think I made the point last week or at the beginning of this show, but the Lord's Supper is one of the most talked about things in the 
Augsburg Confession and then the Apology as well. And we've seen several different articles on this issue. And so um, this came up more in that uh, in both kinds uh, discussion, which is article. uh, My numbers are failing me here. I have it. Hang on. Uh, It is Article 22, where we talk about uh, receiving the um, uh, Lord's Supper in both kinds. And it has to do with the whole presence issue is tied in there. And so I think that's what our caller, Dan, is getting to is that, you know, there, there is this issue that goes on when the priest says the word. And I think we brought this up last time too, that hocus pocus comes from this, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that in the, in the saying of the words, it becomes and so forth. And, and, and tied in with that for Roman Catholics is that the, the worthiness of the priest and things like that are all tied in the merit of the priest. And so it ties into our present discussion in this sense, that this is part of the saying of the masses is that you're kind of getting the merit of the meal itself, which, which is not what, um, you know, the Lutherans are making a point about the real presence or anything of that nature. We're, we're in agreement with that. And if anything, we've, we've wrestled with in our own church body, the nature of what we call receptionism. I think maybe we've talked about this on the show as well to where it's only becomes Christ's body and blood when I receive it. Well, that's not really the case. And so when we, when we receive it in faith, it is the Lord's body and blood present and, and, and going on there in the Lord's supper. And so we, we definitely have that tied in here when it comes to the saying of the masses the paying of for masses and so forth what the lutherans are kind of making the point of here is that just by doing the mass itself that it is meriting something for you and that's how they're using the ex opere operato in this sense and so it works kind of like this and actually this can still be done i was just at an arch abbey here recently in indiana and and they had a sign right there that i could i could pay for a mass to be said for a loved one or for myself right and that it, it's kind of a spectator sport. I think we set this up on the show last week and so forth that, uh, you know, just by them doing it, they're at the Arch Abbey and their own merit and the holiness in which they conduct that. I don't even participate in it. I don't receive the Lord's body and blood. Of course, being a Lutheran, I wouldn't participate in it anyway, and they wouldn't allow me, and they practice closed communion just like we do. Um, but, uh, um, you know, that you could pay for these to be said, and, and just in the doing of the work, that that has some merit, because, again, as it ties back into this issue, when we talk about sacrifice, they're misidentifying what a sacrifice is. They think it's something that we offer to God, and so they get the direction wrong. And so that's kind of a long excursus on that that call-in, but, but hopefully it clarifies a little bit what we're talking about here is that in in the terms of this issue when it comes to uh the sacrifice the main issue for them is that in the doing of the work of what they offer to god just in the holiness of the priests and and the way they conduct it um that that merits something namely it can free you from your um um time in purgatory and things like that uh, at, at uh, uh, for those who are living and for those who are dead. And, and so you're paying for this for people who can't even participate in the Lord's Supper. It's just a complete um, misunderstanding. And it's tied to this idea of just doing it uh, does something, offers to God something. Layman's late, and then we'll jump to uh, pastoral. Well, I always, I'm, Dan, Dan, I'm glad you called in because I'm always fascinated to hear what other people hear us saying when we are doing our best to confess what we believe. And so it sounds like in this case, as as we discuss what we understand ex opere operato to be, what is being heard 
by our Roman Catholic friends is actually a, de a denial of the real presence, which is very interesting to me because that's not what we're actually trying to do. And then they take that denial and say, okay, so you think that the Lord's Supper is just between you and Jesus. When, and it's just, it's interesting. It's helpful to me to hear that because then I can think about, okay, have I properly represented what I think they believe in the explanation? Have I properly represented what I actually believe? Have I properly explained it and confessed it clearly? Because what, what the Roman Catholic is ending up hearing is that I actually hold to more of an American evangelical symbolic view of the Lord's Supper in my attempt to say that it's not ex opere operato, they're hearing, oh, so it's just symbolic, which is just very interesting. So that's, that's helpful to me to hear, okay, so what do I need to change in how I'm talking about this with people so that they're rightly understanding what I'm actually saying? Because like we've said, in terms of the real presence, we're actually in agreement with Roman Catholics on that. And, and well, I'm, I, I know I said Pastoral was next, but I just want to respond to that and in this sense of that that was present at the time as well. And it's one of the reasons that they make this move. And I and right before the break, I said, I think it's a genius move where they, they bring in, okay, we have agreement on baptism. Let's talk about it from that angle. Because it was very much, I mean, this mm -hmm. is their whole, you know, um, they they begin both the apology and the confession itself. We do not abolish the mass, and so it is kind of tied in with those words of it was being thrown at them at that time. You know, you you don't uh, celebrate the mass as it really is, and they say no. Actually, you're the ones who don't really get it because you think it's something that we offered to God, and so then they kind of back back it up to the basics here and try to start with a place that they have commonality. And so yeah, it is helpful to hear that 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 confusion is still kind of present there uh, for Roman Catholics uh, to this day. Now, Pastor I think that this is beautifully uh, encapsulated and summarized in the small catechism. What is the benefit of such eating and drinking, especially of the Lord's Supper? Uh, this is shown to us in these words, given for you and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. And then from that it follows, how can such eating and drinking do such great things? It is not the eating and drinking. Indeed, that does them, but the words which are given here, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. These words are, beside the bodily eating and drinking, the chief thing in the sacrament. The person who believes these words has what they say and express, namely the forgiveness of sins. So it's not just being in the presence of the Lord's Supper. It's not just being there when the, when the words are said. It's not even the simple eating and drinking, but it is the eating and drinking in faith. And Christ promises that here he comes with his merit and with his worthiness. And it is him working for us. And so when when we understand that it is Christ's work for us that does this forgiveness of sins, that is fantastic news. Absolutely. And once again, a great and brilliant move to just take it back to the basics, the small catechism. Uh, as I steal from my good friend, Pastor uh, Tim Apple, he always says, you know, if we just, you know, would study the catechism more, we could solve a whole lot of problems in the church. And it's, it's true because <laughs> it's just the simple basics, right? We just yep. bring it right back to the basics. And, and so that's a good, uh, good reminder from the small catechism there. Thank you for that. All right. Uh, let's push forward a little bit. And I forgot where I left off. Oh, yes. 19. Got it. Uh, so, furthermore, there are two kinds of sacrifice and no more. 
One is the atoning sacrifice, that is, a work that makes satisfaction for guilt and punishment. It reconciles God or reconciles his wrath and merits the forgiveness of sins for others. The other kind is the Eucharistic sacrifice, which does not merit the forgiveness of sins or reconciliation. It is practiced by those who have been reconciled so that we may give thanks or return gratitude for the forgiveness of sins that has been received or for others benefits received uh, again kind of we're, we're just building upon this argument now so we took it back to a common agreement sacrament sacrifice all right what's going on here uh sacrament of baptism right all right that that direction is god to us his action right and now there there's these two kinds of sacrifice going on uh that we're discussing here and one is the atoning sacrifice and then the other one is the eucharistic sacrifice and eucharistic uh from the latin just Thanksgiving meal, all right, is what it is. Greek. Greek. Got it wrong. It's all right. Nailed it. Um, but I, I I, think it's important to note that when it talks about the Eucharistic sacrifice, it's not specifically talking about the Lord's Supper in this regard. Sometimes we use the word Eucharist because Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, uh, took bread, and after he gave thanks, he, he Eucharisted, if you will. And Eucharisto. You, right. It is Greek. You're right. Uh, and then uh, after he gave thanks, um, he gave the Lord's Supper. But the Eucharistic sacrifice that it talks about here is the sacrifice of thanks and praise, not specifically the Lord's Supper. Um, and so they've already said the Lord's Supper, the Mass, is a sacrament. It is a gift. When we're talking about sacrifices, you have the atoning sacrifice of Christ, and you have the sacrifices of thanks and praise, but they don't, they don't do a good work for you. They don't bring you any merit or any worthiness or any goodness. All right. Let's 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 push forward. That's a good encapsulation of those uh, two kinds there of sacrifice. It, it also strikes me that uh, going through this section, it's almost like the Lutherans were saying, you keep using this word sacrifice, but I don't think it means what <laughs> you think it means. Ah, uh, yes. Let's let's just quote movies here. Sure. And, and, yeah, to my job is to quote veggie tales, so I'm going to have yeah. to fit a reference in somewhere. Usually Pastor Dembski is good for doing the voices for us on, on, on movie <laughs> quotes, but... Uh, <laughs> We'll just jump over him. He's being pretty quiet today, which makes me nervous. I'm not I'm not sure how to handle that. <laughs> Paragraph 20. In this controversy, as well as in many other discussions, we should especially have these two kinds of sacrifice in view and present them. So they're building on the argument here. Special care must be taken, lest they should be confused. If the limits of this book would permit it, we would add the reasons for this distinction. I mean, come on, Melinda. This is just You've gone me. so long yeah. already. Why not? And, and it goes on for several more pages. <laughs> yeah. So I think you have the limits of this book to just go as long as you want, and you're going to anyway, but that's just kind of snarky, Pastor Sean here responding. All right, back to it, though. It has many references in the epistle to the Hebrews and elsewhere. All Levitical sacrifices can be referred to either of these two distinctions as if they were their own homes. In the law, certain sacrifices were named atoning because of their meaning or by comparison. They were not called sacrifice because they merited the forgiveness of sins before God, but because they merited the forgiveness of sins according to the righteousness of the law, so that those for whom they were made might not be excluded from that commonwealth, from the people of Israel. Therefore, for a trespass, the sacrifices were called sin offerings and burnt offerings, but the Eucharistic sacrifices were the grain offerings, the drink offering. 
thank offerings, first fruits, tithes, Leviticus chapters one through seven. And so here they're just laying out the Old Testament. Uh, this was, uh, you know, prepping for this show, looking through. This is one of those sections that you just kind of have to read again and again and again and again and again and try, trying to wrap your mind around how they're laying out the argument and trying to figure out how do we articulate this in the best way. You know, because you, if you were just to read out of context, just paragraph 19 about atoning sacrifice, Eucharistic sacrifice, someone would be like, oh, now they're just making up stuff. It's like, well, no, that's why we have the next 5,000 pages is to explain <laughs> how this all fits together, you know. And so you get to the Levitical stuff, and here's where we're pulling these to say you've got these sacrifices that are just praising and thanking. You've also got these sacrifices that are atoning for sin, the passing on the, the sin to the goat and you know, all this kind of stuff. And so trying to wrap our minds around this and figure out, okay, how are they pulling the the framework of Scripture into this discussion without just making up terms, without just making up new words or something like that, but pulling in to say, here's why we have an issue with this term sacrifice and specifically how it is being used in the context it's being used. Because either you're suggesting that you're doing something to deserve forgiveness, which Christ has already done once for all, or you are doing a sacrifice that's just saying, thank you for what just happened, <laughs> you know, rather than the idea that uh, we are doing something unique that deserves forgiveness on its own sake. Yeah, and we've made this point on the show before, too, but it bears repeating. Sometimes the apology of the Augsburg Confession can get so kind of weighty and deep and, and maybe even ba- makes for bad radio. So thank you for all for the who listening <laughs> and, and as we plug through over a year of Article 4 of it and so forth. But but the, the, these are, you know, classically trained theologians, but but also just academics in general. And so they're using logic and rhetoric. And this is just, I mean, it's cited right there in the beginning of this section, right? This is exactly what Plato tells us to do. So let's build the arguments, all right? Uh, you know, for us, it, it might be, you know, you have your introduction paragraph, you know, point one, point two, point three, and then your conclusion, right? That's how you write an essay. And, and so that's basically what they're saying. Look, this is how you build an argument. And we're just going to walk you through our argument on what is going on here. And so uh, that's why I've tried to make the point here, even though we're taking this in sections, it's building on that. And so this is a and most of most of us, as we read this to our modern ears and eyes are saying there are not nearly enough gifts and YouTube videos to relay what is happening here in this Cause, text. Because we're you know? dumber than they used to be. <laughs> <laughs> I need I need a character doing the same thing over and over to relay the emotional thing of you know, what's going on here. It's like, yeah, this is tough. And so it, it does take us kind of re, reshaping our mind and how we think as we read this um, to try to gather the points. Um, I am a complete and total nerd, and I love the book of Leviticus. And I'm pretty sure that somewhere out there, there is a, a group of people who just want... <gasps> Because Leviticus, for many We're Christians not alone. today, well, hopefully, <laughs> yeah, <but they're, laughs> there are many Christians today who are, uh, well, kind of terrified of Leviticus or kind of bored by it. But in Leviticus, we see these offerings, that these sacrifices that are made that really come in these two categories. One category is the sacrifices of the Day of Atonement, the sin offering, um, offerings for reconciliation. And then on the other side, there are the first fruits offerings, the tithes, meals that are actually uh, fellowship offerings, meals that are brought together to the temple and the people eat together uh, the sacrifice. 
and are joined together in the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And so all Melanchthon is doing is laying out in, in Leviticus, he's summarizing the book. Hey, there's two kinds of sacrifice. There's the kind for the forgiveness of sins according to the law, and there's the kind for get-togethers thanking and praising God. And once again, building upon something that they would have common agreement with the Roman theologians on this point. They, they're not going to debate that from the book of Leviticus. Um, but, the, but we do have this disagreement, and so let's, let's build the argument, right? Uh, let's just take it uh, one, one little bit further here. So picking up paragraph 22. In fact, there has been only one atoning sacrifice in the world, namely Christ's death, as the epistle to the Hebrews teaches. It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins, 10 I just wanted to get that in there because I think that brings us right back to the point, and we made this point a million times on this show, and it's the Lutheran point over and over again. How do we get to Christ? Or even more importantly, let's not get to Christ. Let's start with Christ. He is the the way that we understand this. And so the book of Leviticus, right, so always has Jesus. in mind yeah, always has in mind Jesus. And so you really should love the book of Leviticus with Pastor Ill, right? Who's doing his happy dance right now and just made it <laughs> awkward in the studio. Um but uh um right, let let's let's get to Jesus. Uh, just that point that uh, Leviticus actually is very beautiful and when you're able to see a structure of how it's put together to understand what you're reading, because otherwise it does look like a whole long list of rules that are totally unapplicable or something like that. And yet when you look at it in the context of Christ, then it does become beautiful because we see that he is the one sacrifice that takes away our sins. He's the one that atones for our sins so that we have eternal life and so that we're made pure. Absolutely. I'm going to wrap us up there. Uh, we, we got to Christ. We got him out there. We understand. We're building the argument. But uh, I just want to remind you that this is Rally Week, and you can support this great work. And I'll send this out to all those who love to text me in the middle of shows. Kristen Eamon, who I know is listening and texting me, I said it's not cool to do that. You should call in, but she did it anyway. Um, but uh, you can also call in Kristen Eamon and all other listeners out there, and uh, you can support the great work going on at KFUO here during Rally Week. With a gift of $100, you can get a great CD, Christmas album from the St. Paul's Music Conservatory. Gift of $150, you can get two CDs. You can become a day sponsor, get a t-shirt. All of it is Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Thanks for stopping by today. Until next time, keep confessing, church.